amen. Oh, that's pitiful. Church, say amen. amen. All right, I get it. I get it. All right, here's a survey. Here's a survey. Who was up at 3 o'clock this morning when the storms come through? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, who, who wanted to say a bad word when your alarm went off this morning? Yeah, some of y'all just went ahead and done it, didn't you? I know who I'm preaching to. Man, that alarm went off and I said, no, no, no. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. If I wasn't pastoring, I'd probably be on the internet right now. I'd be watching live streams. So I, I, I was going to chew everybody out that didn't come this morning, but I, I'd be right there with them. Amen. But they kind of expect me to be here. Amen. Now, listen, here's what, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to thank you for coming. I know it's tough. Good Lord, I know it's tough. I, I, I asked my, my father. I called him last night and I said, look, man, y'all need to come and just stay tonight at the house. That way y'all don't have to get out in the rain and everything because they live right down the road from me. And, and, uh, and, and that way, you know, when the storms do come through, you don't have to get up that early and all this kind of stuff. No. <laughs> we have an alarm. It'll, it will be all right if it gets bad, then we'll come down here. But then you don't understand. Now I'm going to have to wake up and let you in. <laughs> Oh man, how many how many of y'all have stubborn parents? Anybody got stubborn parents? Good night. I had to call them. Get down here, amen. But anyway, I, I, I'm glad we're safe. But th- there was there was a lot of people I, I heard this morning. I didn't know this because I didn't watch the news or anything. But uh, there was a lot of devastation in Texas and in Mississippi. I heard, and so we need to pray for them folks. We need to pray for them folks, and and thank God God brought us through, amen. Here's what I want to do. I, I, I need to make an announcement. I've got a, a, a picture here. And, and this, is, this is, how many of y'all remember uh, at our missions conference last year, we raised the money to start a church planning training center in Nigeria. How many of y'all remember that? And you gave toward that. This is, this, is, this is an awesome deal. This is the first set of church planners that are, are trained and being trained to go send forth and to start planting churches in northern Nigeria from what you did and what you gave. Can we give God praise and glory right there? Man, what a blessing that is. That is awesome. Now, now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I don't know, you, you, you won't see this on NBC or ABC or, or, or CBS or any of them, uh, there is a mass slaughtering going on in Nigeria right now. Uh, now think about this. Of all the Christians that are being martyred right now in, in the world, all the Christians that are being martyred, and that happens. I know that's hard for us to, to conceive because we live in America, but Christians are being killed for their faith. 90% of all the martyrs that are losing their life for their faith right now is taking place in northern Nigeria. And our leader that's here, the one that is, is the director over the, this particular part of Africa, his name is Solomon. And Solomon's families are being killed. His, his tribal people, the, 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 his, basically his, his heritage, are being systematically slaughtered for their faith. They're being killed. And, and, so, and, and not only that, we, we've been trying to get a hold of Solomon and we haven't been able to get a hold of him. Uh, uh, in, in the last few days. And, and so here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I've got a short message today. I've got a short message today, so this is not going to be... Listen, I, I want all that will, will join me in this altar. You don't have to if you want to pray right there where you're sitting, but all those that will, you, you join me. I mean, we, we, we... Listen, it's one thing to raise the money and help, help build the place, 
But it's another thing to pray while they're getting killed. Did, any, did anybody, was anybody threatened with their life coming to church this morning? Anybody, did anybody fear for your life coming to church this morning? No. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether you know it or not, they are our family. And, and so let's, let's pray. Let's just find a place up here and, and, and we're going to pray. I, I know God will hear you at the chair just like he will the altar, but there's just something about that. Let, let's just pray, take a moment, and, 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 and just, let's just ask God to help them and, and just give them strength and give them grace, give them peace, and, and let's pray that Solomon will be safe, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. We thank you for the privilege of having a building to come to. Thank you for the, the opportunity to, to have a, a, a great worship service. Lord, I pray right now for our brothers and sisters in Christ in northern Nigeria right now. Lord, I pray that you'll just give them a hedge of protection. Uh, Lord, I, I know the devil is going crazy in that part of the world, and he's doing everything he can to stop the gospel witness in a very dark place. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will touch Solomon. I pray that you'll strengthen his resolve. I pray that you'll give him peace. I pray that you'll give him what he needs to, to be able to lead in that area. Lord, I pray for all the families who's lost loved ones and all the people who have been uh, uh, dislocated and, and, and found, uh, uh, Lord, being chased by the devil. I pray, God, that you'll protect them. I pray that you'll just, Lord, these church planners that are, are, are training and are new and as they go out into a very, very dangerous environment, I pray, God, that you'll fill them with courage. I pray that you'll fill them with strength. And, Lord, I pray that you'll touch them in a mighty way. Lord, not just that, but I pray that you'll touch us. I pray that you'll convict us, Lord. I pray, God, that you will put a burden in our hearts to, 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 to be better Christians for you. Lord, to be more committed Christians to you. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll give us what we need, Lord, to, to accomplish what you've called us to do. I pray in Jesus' name that you will comfort you will bless those families in Mississippi and Texas, uh, Lord, where there's been some fatalities and, 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 Lord, the devastation from these storms. I pray, God, that you will comfort them and help them. And, Lord, more than anything, I pray that you'll be glorified, lifted up, magnified in the service today. Lord, convict us, challenge us, change us, bless us today. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And all God's people say it. Amen. If you will, just remain standing for just a second while, while the folks find their place. And if you'll grab a Bible and go to John chapter number 1, uh, as soon as everybody finds their place, I'll let you sit down, all right? Uh, let, them, let them get into their spots. John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1. Oh, my goodness. I needed some Red Bull this morning. Say amen. <laughs> Lord, I was going to mix Red Bull in my coffee. Amen. <laughs> All right, all right. Is there any morning people in here? Any morning people? Really? Y'all don't even know Jesus. Is there any not no morning people in here? Woo, bless your heart. You see how much we love Jesus by being here today? Now, you morning people, that ain't nothing for you, amen? But we have, we're committed, amen? Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Boy, isn't it good to be able to go to church where you can smile, have, have, have a good time, and, 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 and listen, this ain't, no, this ain't no monastery. We're not here to mourn and grieve. We're here to celebrate what Jesus has done for us, amen? 
Here's what I want to do. I'm going to just throw this out there. I'm, I want to challenge you today to invite somebody next week. I'm just going to put it out there, give you a biblical lesson, and challenge you to bring somebody to Jesus. Say this with me. Help me bring somebody to Jesus. Say it again. Help me bring somebody to Jesus. Now, let's look what it says in John chapter number 1 and verse number 35. If you're there, say amen. Y'all can sit down. Y'all can sit down. Y'all been staying a long time. I get paid to do this, so I can stand. Y'all go ahead and sit down. Are y'all with me? Verse 35. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the lamb of God. Now, now keep this in mind. This is after, this is, this is after the baptism. This is after uh, John's already baptized the Lord. Now, now, now John has had a ton of followers because John came on the scene before Jesus did. You remember he was the forerunner. He was preparing the people for the Messiah that's coming. And, and so he has got a flock, if you will. He has got a congregation. He's got a crowd. And, and he said this, I must decrease and he, talking about Christ, must increase, right? In other words, I want to point people to Jesus. I'm not Messiah. I, I'm not, I'm not the, the, any of the prophets. I am the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's him. Well, after that, the next day after that, uh, two of his disciples, two of uh, John Baptist's disciples, which I believe is Andrew and John, all right, they're there with John, and here's, here's Jesus. Jesus comes by, and John Baptist tells the apostle John and Andrew, that's him right there. Behold, in other words, look, check it out, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now, if that makes sense, say amen. Is everybody up to date? All right, now watch. Look what happens. And it says, and the two disciples heard him speak. Now, watch what they did. After he said, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world, John and Andrew do what? And they, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, come and see. He's inviting them. Come check it out. Come look. Come see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. It was getting late. It was getting late. Now, now I read a commentary that said they believed that they just stayed all night with Jesus and, and spent the time in, in, in talking and fellowshipping with the Lord. Now, look what happens after that. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He Everybody, he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah. Say that with me. Say it with enthusiasm. Now, if you have found what you've been looking for, you're not going to say, I think we found it. Right? I mean, they're excited. They're excited. Look what it says. Look what it says. We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. And watch what he did. And he... Oh, I like how y'all did that. And he brought him to Jesus. All right, let's do that whole sentence. All right, let's do that whole sentence. You ready? And he he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find us Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. 
Philip findeth Nathanael. There's a lot of finding going on. Amen. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of that? That's kind of a you know, sarcastic remark. You know, because they look, they look down. Now, the people in Jerusalem, and they looked down on the people in Galilee because they were of lower class and they were just common folk. But then the people of Galilee, they looked even further down of the people in Nazareth. Said, ain't got nothing good come out of Nazareth. Can, he asked the question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Watch what Philip says. Philip saith unto him, come and see, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And boy, did they. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angel of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, here's what, I, here's what I want to share with you. There were three different ways in these verses that we just saw, three different ways that people came to Jesus, right? The first way was basically a gospel proclamation. John Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. He's preaching a gospel sermon, right? He's saying, This is him. You know what I do? I try to do every week. I try to tell you Jesus is him. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the one that's going to give you help. Jesus is the one that can change your life. Jesus, are y'all with me? So there's a, there's a gospel proclamation. There are preachers all over America and all over the world today that are proclaiming the gospel. And there are people that's going to believe that and come to Jesus because of a gospel proclamation. If that makes sense, say Amen. Then the second thing we see, we see a personal invitation. They said, come check this out. We found him. We found him. Come. And he brought. Now, that's what I want to focus on today, a personal invitation. But then we see uh, just a, a, a specific uh, intervention. Jesus came. Look what it says to Philip, I believe it was. Look what it says in verse number uh, 43. The day following, Jesus would go into Galilee and find us Philip. And say unto him, follow me. So there's a direct in, uh, intervention. In other words, Jesus, there, are people, there are people that may have, they have picked up a gospel track. They've picked up a gospel track uh, of all places in the bathroom. I see that all the time, leaving them in the bathroom. I don't know why anybody would pick that up in the bathroom. I ain't picking it up. Say amen. <laughs> now, I don't mind you leaving them in the gas pump and different places, but don't leave it on the urinal. Say amen. Yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody going to pick that up. Are y'all with me? I mean, it's a good thought. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm running a rabbit. But there are people who have picked up a gospel track, and maybe they were sitting in their vehicle. Maybe, maybe, uh, 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 maybe they were they were on 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 watching TV, and and they heard a gospel presentation. But they were by themselves. There was not a soul winner. Uh, there was not. There was just Jesus and them. Are y'all with me? And Jesus just came to them and convicted them and saved them. I I, I remember. When my cousin got saved, my cousin got saved on the tailgate of his truck. He had been coming to church, but he was on the tailgate of his truck. And God convicted him so bad, he was under such great conviction. And this is what he said. Lord, the, the Bible says, Malcolm said, that we're supposed to repent and get saved. I don't know what that is, but I'm trying to do it. I'm repenting. Save me. I wasn't there. Nobody was there. It was him. 
He said, whatever repentance is, I'm trying to do it. Will you save me? And God saved him right there. He said he cried the rest of the day. He just, it was just him and God. There, there's direct intervention. Now that don't happen often. Okay. But the primary way, the primary way that people come to Jesus is by personal invitation. Say that with me. Now watch this. Watch this. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. There was a survey done. There was a survey done. A national survey. I think it was over 10,000 people that were surveyed. And they said, why did you go to church? Why did you go to church? Six to eight percent walked in on their own initiative. They just showed up. All right. Two to three percent like the program. Eight to ten percent like the pastor. That's very humbling. Say amen. I don't know how I feel about that right there. Three to four percent had a need. There was a struggle. There was a tragedy. There was an issue in their life. So they came to church. Maybe, maybe God can do something for me. One to two were evangelized. In other words, there was this tent crusade going on and, and, and they, was, they was saved through that. One to two percent. All right. Then three to four percent were attracted by the Sunday school. It was the Sunday school that drew them. But, but, but let's look at this next number. Everybody say it. Imagine that. 70 to 80% of the people that were brought, and think about this, think about this. There was, there was a, a, a few invites here. Two out of the three people that came to Jesus in these verses was personal invites. Think about that. Personal invites. One found Jesus and they had to tell somebody else. When Philip found Jesus, guess what? He had to go find Nathaniel. Are y'all with me? So this is important. This is a big deal. Don't ever underestimate. Don't ever underestimate the power of an invitation. Listen, in 1974, in 1974, a 10-year-old by the name of uh, 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 Christopher Carrier got off a bus. It was just a few days before Christmas. And he, was, he got off the bus, headed home. You, you imagine how kids are that right before the Christmas break, everybody's excited, you know, Santa Claus is on the way and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and he ran into a stranger on the sidewalk. He had got off the bus and he was headed to, to his house. And, and, uh, and, and this stranger said, are you Christopher Carrier? Are you Hugh uh, Carrier's son? And he said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'm one of his, I'm one of his good friends. And uh, I want to I help him uh, uh, with a Christmas present. I want to do something nice for him. And, and, and I need you to go with me to help me pick this out. Well, being a 10-year-old and not wanting to disappoint his father and wanting to do something good for his father, he, you know, uh, you know how kids are. Sometimes they'll believe people they shouldn't believe. And so he loaded the kid up in an in a RV. And he took him, this is in, in South Florida, and took him toward the, toward the Everglades. And, and, and somewhere along the path, they stopped on the side of the road and, and he turned around and he asked, he asked him to look at a map. And when the kid looked down, he stabbed him in the back of the head with an ice pick and began stabbing him over and over again with an ice pick. It, it, didn't, it didn't cause uh, uh, fatal injuries because it, wasn't, it, it didn't go in that thick and, and he's screaming and please let me go, please let me go. So he says, I'm just going to let you out. And he pulls down further into the Everglades on a back road out in the middle of nowhere. Alligator infested swamp. And when they went to go out of the RV, he went to go out of the RV, he pushed the kid out in front and shot him in the head. 
The bullet went through and came out of his temple. And he lay there for six days. Six days. Parents frantically trying to find him. Frantically trying to find him. Not knowing what's going on. Miraculously, miraculously, he came to like he woke up out of sleep six days later. And he's sitting on the side of the road, bloody everywhere, sitting on a rock trying to figure out what's going on, and someone found him. Well, make a long story short, uh, uh, he, 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 he goes to the hospital and he goes to rehab and doing all of these things. And he's dealing with nightmares. He's dealing with post-traumatic uh, syndrome, you, you know, dealing with all these things. He cannot go to sleep. There's a cop that because they never they haven't found the guy. They don't know what the deal is, and, and, and so they have a cop outside of his house, and, and he just cannot sleep. He cannot, he's just dealing with it over, and he's going through anxiety and all of these things. Can you imagine, 10 years old, he's blind in that eye now, and, his, and his, listen, he, he, he's, invited, he's invited to a hayride, a church hayride. Now, he's gone to church most of his life, but... But he really never totally surrendered to Christ or was, had, had gotten saved. And someone, someone said and, and invited this kid to a hayride, a church hayride. His mother encouraged him to go. So that night he went on that hayride and they presented the gospel and he trusted Christ as a Savior. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. Now, this is, this is something that he struggled with in his own testimony. It changed his life that night. It changed the way he lived. It changed the way he thought. It changed his whole demeanor, everything. God touched him that night. Now, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story toward the end, if y'all don't let me forget, all right? Don't let me forget because there's more to this story. What I want you to see, one invite changed this kid's life. One invite did more for this kid than than probably most of the counseling that he ever went through. One invite. We don't think it's that big a deal. We don't think it's that important. We don't think a lot of times the invites that we give out is that big a deal. But let me tell you something. To this young man, it was a big deal. Amen. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, don't let me forget to tell you the rest of the story. Some of y'all going to have to be like Paul Harvey. Say amen. Now, here's what I want. Let me give you three things. Why should we invite? Why is this such a big deal? Why should we invite? Why should we pile up these invitations and go out and bring somebody to Jesus? There, there was something that motivated these guys. And, and I was looking through this, and, man, I seen some stuff that really was a blessing to me. Look what happened in the very first instance after, after Andrew and John spent some time with Christ. Look what it says. It says in verse number, uh, 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 verse number 40, when you get there, say Amen. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first findeth his own brother and saith unto him. Now watch what he says. Everybody say it. Say it again. Say it again. Now let me translate that. We found what we've been looking for. We have found what we've been looking for. Can you imagine what was in that conversation as they had spent time and abode with Jesus and they had spent time listening to him? What in the world did Jesus tell him? What in the world did Jesus share with them that said and made up their minds, we have found. 
found him. Because you got to understand, for centuries they've been looking for him. For years and years and years, they've heard the promises and they've heard the prophets and they've heard all of the prophecies concerning the Messiah. And year after year, they've been looking for him. Year after year, their hopes have been raised and dashed. Year after year, they've been looking for this one and they said, we finally Woo! Say amen. amen. I wonder what he said. Could it be if we look through the other invitations? If we look through the other invitations in the Bible from God to man? You remember when it, the, 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 the judgment of the flood was coming? The judgment of the flood was coming? And God told Noah, come thou into the ark. What is that? That's an invitation to safety. That's an invitation to safety. If you're taking notes, write that down. Do y'all realize that judgment's coming? Do you realize sin is going to be judged and judgment is coming? The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the... But do you realize you have a God in heaven who is inviting you to safety? He wants to deliver you from the judgment to come that you... Say amen. Could it be that he invited them for safety? What about this? Does the Bible not say, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I wonder, I wonder if Jesus didn't say, I want to invite you to cleansing, not only to safety, but I want to invite you to cleansing. John and Andrew, I want you to know your deepest, darkest secrets, those sins that you don't want nobody else to know about. I will cleanse them white as snow. Those things that you can't quit on your own. Those things that you can't hide. I'll take that black sin and dip it in red blood and it'll come out white as snow. He's inviting them to cleansing. Oh, say man. Man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I'm forgiven. I'm so glad that Jesus has not just covered my sin, but he has taken my sin away as far as the east is from the west. Amen. Could it be he was inviting into cleansing? Oh, could it be? Could it be that he told them about fulfillment? Isaiah 55, 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. You know what he's saying? He's inviting them to fulfillment. Do you realize money won't fulfill you? Fame won't fulfill you. Popularity won't fulfill you. All the things of this world. Ask Solomon. He said it all. He did it all. He experienced it all. Everything the world has to offer. And he said it's all vanity, vanity, vanity. All it. In other words, it's left me empty because there's no fulfillment in that. But if you come to Christ, it doesn't matter if you're a rich man or a poor man. It doesn't matter if you have everything or you have nothing. God can give you the ability to be fulfilled in life, satisfied. The Messiah said, I'll fill, I'll fulfill you. You can leave satisfied. I wonder if that's what they talked about. I wonder, I wonder if they talked about this. I wonder if they talked about this. Come, come. All ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you Don't talk about rest after a tornado night. Say amen. We'll all be napping in here. Amen. How many of y'all have had a hard week or a hard day and you just don't feel like you can go on and you finally get a chance to stop 
and rest. How good does that feel? Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. Could it be that as John and Andrew were sitting in that living room, wherever it was that Jesus happened to be staying, you reckon Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me and I'll I'll give you cleansing. Come to me and I'll give you safety. Come to me, I'll give you fulfillment. I'm the Messiah. They come... Andrew comes to Peter and he says, We have found what we've been looking for. You may tell you what you do when you find what you've been looking for. You'll tell somebody. I went to a place this week. This is a little carnal. But you know you got a redneck preacher. You just live with it. Amen. It is what it is. Most of all my illustrations have to do with food. I can't help it. It is what it is. I went to a place and they had those. Uh, how many of y'all have ever heard of a low country bowl? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Shrimp and potatoes and sausage and corn. Are y'all with me? I'm, I'm, I'm getting, man, I feel the anointing right there. Amen. They brought that plate out. They brought, A.D., you ain't going to believe this, but I'm telling you, the shrimp was piled that high. Aren't you glad we're in the New Testament we can eat them things? <laughs> and I mean, they're as big as your head. Say amen. Now, I ain't much on having to work for my groceries and peeling them shrimp. They better be some size to make it worth the fight. Say amen. And I'm telling you, it's about the best I ever had. Now, y'all know, y'all know I was raised in, 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 in the day when you ate everything on your plate. If you put it on your plate, you better eat it. Amen. Do I have a witness? Amen. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, y'all ain't going to believe this, but there's four shrimp I couldn't eat. <laughs> I ate, the Mr. Marshman, I'm telling you, I was almost sick. I ate so much. And I had to leave. It was, it, I almost had a tear in my eye. I had to leave them four shrimp on that plate. I did take them home with me, though. I, I know you think I'm running rabbit. I'm going somewhere. I took pictures. Johnny, is Johnny in here anywhere? Johnny, can you stand up? Do, do I have a witness that I sent you a picture of that plate? Do I have a witness that I called you the moment I left that place? I called three people. I said, you ain't going to believe this. This place has got shrimp as big as your head. You've got to come. Tra- you know what? I found what I was looking for. You know what? I wanted them to experience what I just experienced. What's the point? When's the last time you told somebody you found what you've been looking for? Maybe you haven't because you ain't found what you've been looking for. Maybe the problem is not you need to invite somebody. Maybe you need to come to this altar and get what they need. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you ever spend time with Jesus, if you ever find that peace, if you ever find that joy, if you ever find that fulfillment, if you ever find that safety and satisfaction that only he can give, you got to tell somebody. Have you found what you're looking for? Are you saved and you know it? Listen, go tell somebody. 
Go tell somebody. He said, man, we have found the Messiah. We found what we've been looking for. You're, I, I, say, I was about to say you, but we, we, we are spoiled to death. Amen. Now think about this. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest a minute. It's hard to get here this morning. Y'all with me? Amen. I mean, look around. I don't know if it was a tough service last week or a tornado, but they ain't here. <laughs> it was either that message on selfishness or that tornado last night, but we got them one way or the other. Amen. Amen. Now think about this. It was t- I'm not going. I'm not going to say nothing because I'm telling you. When that alarm went off this morning, I, I I was everything but spiritual. I'm going to tell you that right now. But look, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it had been like to go to church in a dead church on the morning like this day? Yeah. Now, now, by the time they started singing, I was already better. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Man, I was already into it. Halfway through the worship, man, hey, I'm ready to go now. Let's get it. Can, I wonder how many people in Coleman need to experience that this morning. I wonder who went through anxiety attacks last night. Worried to death that something was going to happen. And they don't have the peace of God in their heart. And they're waiting on an invite from you so you can tell them, hey, I found what you're looking for. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Man, what a blessed place we get to go to. How many of y'all found what you've been looking for? Then let's tell somebody. Let's tell somebody. Number two, why do they invite? Why do they invite? I'm I'm, going to go quick. Look here. Look here. They invited because they found what they was looking for. Number two, look at this. Verse 41. Verse 41. When you get there, say amen. He, what's that word? What's that word? First, it was a priority. It was important. He first findeth his own brother. Why do we invite? Because we love the ones we're inviting. This is what stood out to me. Now, now you may read this and see something different. You know, I don't know. But the very first thing that I thought of when I, when I read this, uh, uh, Griggs, you, 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 you probably spent more time with my brother than anybody in the building because, you know, we, we spent a little time down there. And, and, uh, and so you, you, you can recognize this. The moment I saw that, I thought about my own brother. And when I think about my own brother, it almost brings me to tears because I miss him so bad. I love my brother. I'm telling you, I love, if God didn't call me right here, I'd probably be living in Fort Pierce. I'm just telling you right now, I, I miss, I miss home. I miss my brother. I love him to death. I'd do anything for him. And he'd do anything for me. I'm telling you, I love my brother. And I I think about this. When he finally found Jesus, the first person he thought of was his brother. And I believe this with all my heart. He loved his brother. And the first thing that he thought of when he found what he was looking for is my brother needs to hear about this. Now, you want me to tell you why I think a lot of times we fail to invite? It's because we don't love the people that we should be inviting. How many of y'all love is a big, huge motivating factor? Love will make you do some stupid things. Love will make you do some dangerous things. 
Love will make a, listen, love will make a mother face an angry, angry grizzly to save her child. Love will make a father stand in front of a bullet for his wife, his spouse. Love will make you do some stuff. I'm telling you, it will motivate you. But I'm afraid the church don't love people like they should. We as God's people, we don't love people like we should. We don't love people like Jesus loves them. Because sometimes, now let's think about this. Hey, is it, now y'all know I'm straight up with y'all. Y'all know I don't, I, don't, I don't dance around the bush. I don't do all that. We're not going to be politically correct. Y'all know what it is when you see some people, you think they just need to get a job. You're driving down the road, driving down the road, and they got this car. But now I get it. I get it. I understand there's a lot of charlatans out there. But you see stuff and automatically we prejudge people. Everybody's not the same. But we have a tendency to look down on people when we should be loving them. Well, they're not right. Jesus didn't say whether they're right or not. He said, love your enemy. My brother is my enemy, preacher. That's even more reason to love him. I know everybody's not the same. I, I, I I was conversing on social media with my aunt. Uh, she was showing a picture of, uh, of her wedding day and, and, and all the brothers and sisters this is on my mom's side. And, uh, and, and there was 10 of them all together, you know, brothers and sisters. And, and every Thanksgiving was our family reunion with that side. Every Thanksgiving, we'd meet at one of their houses. And it was like awesome. I mean, it was like the greatest thing in the world. All the cousins would come and we'd play football and do crazy stuff. And, you know, all it was just, and I, I typed on there, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for the kids that don't have an opportunity to have reunions like we did. Man, I love my family. And I, I, but I do know this. I know every family is not the same. I know every child didn't have that opportunity. And I know, I know every father was not good to their children. And every kid didn't grow up and all that. But, but here's the thing. Whether you love your family or not, God even said to, to, to love our enemies. So we have no excuse. We're to love folks. Let me tell you what will be an example. What will show and prove that you love somebody? You'll, you'll show them what you found. Oh, yeah, that, was, that, that just went over great this morning, didn't it? Now, now let me, let me, let's do the survey again. How many of you found what you've been looking for? You saved, you, you fulfilled. Let me say this again. If you love the people, you will tell them what you found. What was the first thing he did? He brought him to... Okay, okay, it's right there in your verse. Let's try it. He brought him to... Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. And I believe that I believe the main motivating factor, man, I love my brother. My brother has got to hear this. Because we found him. Thirdly, real quick, real quick. Maybe this will help you. When they get there, when they get there. Peter sees Jesus, and we, we know his, his, name, his name was Simon, and Jesus changes it to Cephas or Peter, which means rock, right? This is, this is what, to me, this is my favorite point. All right, when Andrew gets his brother to Jesus, Jesus looks at him, and he says, you know what? I'm just going to call you Rock. What's up, Rock? And he gives him a nickname. That's what that is, a nickname, Rock. I'm going to call you Rock. 
Now, anytime you have a nickname, there's a reason why, right? I mean, it represents something. It represents who you are, what you're going to be. Well, to Peter, it's what he was going to be. Now, you got to understand. You got to understand. Peter, at that time, was anything but a rock. Peter was a pain. Yeah. Peter was always running his mouth. Peter was arrogant. Peter was full of himself. Listen, he was impatient all the time. Are y'all with me? I'm not making this up. Go study your Bible. He was always saying, to the point, to the point that Jesus had to say, get thee behind me, Satan. You acting like the devil. He didn't say that to none of the rest of them. Now think about that. That's, that's, That's who we're talking about. He was always, always putting his foot all the way up into the kneecap in his mouth. Say amen. But Jesus, when he saw him, he called him Rock. Yo, Rock. I wonder why. I believe it's this. I believe it's this. Jesus can see potential that we can't see. You see, all they could see was an arrogant, impatient, loudmouthed, Cussing fishermen. That's what they could see. Why do you think Andrew thought that he needed to get him to Jesus? Are y'all with me? But when Jesus saw him, he looked down through the time and down through the days and down through the years. And he didn't see an impatient fisherman. He didn't see a cussing man that would turn his back on Jesus and deny him three times. He didn't see somebody that was always getting in the way and didn't want the will of God. He saw somebody that would be a rock and stand on the day of Pentecost and preach and see thousands saved. He would see the one who would bring the gospel to the Jews in Acts chapter number 2 and bring the gospel, listen, to the Samaritans in Acts chapter number 8 and bring the gospels to the Gentiles in Acts chapter number 10. He saw potential. Hey, Rock, I want to give you a good study. This is really cool. This is really cool. Try this out. Try this out. Do some homework. Go Go through the gospels. And you'll see every time he addressed Peter as Simon, Peter's acting up. When he says Simon, you know what he's saying? You acting like your old self. But when he addresses him as Peter or Cephas, that's the new one. That's the potential. That's the one that Jesus wanted to change him into. He didn't turn into Peter overnight. God had a process to bring him through, but he saw his potential. What's the point? What's the point? Here's the point. Everybody look at me. Everybody wake up. Pinch it. No, don't pinch your neighbor. Tell your neighbor to pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Watch this. Watch this. Maybe, maybe the one you should be inviting all you can see is an addict. Maybe the one you need to be inviting all you can see is an alcoholic. Maybe the one you need to be inviting all you can see is an, a, a womanizer. Maybe, maybe all you can see right now is a pain. But let me tell you something. God can see potential. And look what this one invite did. This one invite, this one invitation, this one opportunity to bring Peter to Jesus, change the life of Peter forever. And guess what? He wrote letters in the Bible. 
And his influence is still changing lives. From one invite. Who have you given up on that you need to get here Sunday? Who irritates the fire out of you that you need to get here Sunday? Who do you think is a hopeless case? Who have you given up on that you need to get here Sunday? Because see, everybody else saw a little runt shepherd boy. But God saw a giant killer. Everybody else seen somebody who still needs to be at, on the backside watching the sheep. You don't even need to be up there with Samuel being anointed. But God saw a king that was a man after his own heart. Don't worry about if you can see the potential. Let God handle it. And all, God people, all God's people say it. Amen. You remember the rest of the story? Now look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Just put your pencil down. Look at me. Look at me. <clears throat> the power of an invitation. Ten years old, he's stabbed. He's brutalized. It's a miracle he even lived. Lived in fear. Because they didn't find the guy. I think it was at 14 years old. He came to an invitation. And an invitation to a hayride changed his life. He trusted Christ as his Savior. And God gave him peace about the whole situation. 22 years later. 22 years later. He gets word from the investigator that had investigated his case and says, we found him. We found him. He confessed. His name was David McAllister. David McAllister was now in a, in a nursing home, incapacitated, blind, completely blind, and didn't have a whole lot of life left. So what did, what did Christopher do? Y'all know. He came to this man's bed. He was very quiet at first. You know what to say. But he came to say, listen, I, I need you to understand something. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. What come out was that Hugh, Mr. Carrier's father, had fired the man because he was drinking on the job and he wanted revenge against his father. So he was going to kill his son to get back at his father. When they found little fella, he had cigarette burns on his chest where he had tried to make sure he was dead. I mean, this kid is just... And he looked him in, in the face and said, don't you know I forgive you? Don't you know I love you and Jesus loves you? And he kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back. Brought his family to meet him. And they began to be friends. And he would bring him snacks and he would bring him different things and show the love of Christ to him. 
And then one day, y'all know what happened. I don't even have to tell you. Guess what happened? He trusted Christ as a Savior. And he was there the day, he was there the day, actually he died in his sleep that night, but that day he was there and brought him, I think it was a, a smoked fish was his favorite deal. And the man died and went to heaven because somebody found the forgiveness of God because one person invited this kid to a hayride. What's the point? Don't underestimate the power of an invite. You may not see their potential. You may not think they're worth a quarter. Now, everything about Peter's activity and his behavior in life would tend me to think, this is a guy I don't want to hang around. Because he was probably a smart mouth. Come on. And there was probably not many people that saw his potential. Y'all with me? Who's that in your life right now? I want to beg you. I want to plead with you. When you leave this building, stop by one of them tables and grab you a pile of invites. And this coming Sunday, bring somebody to Jesus. You're not bringing them to an Easter service. We're going to preach the gospel in such a plain way this year, such a powerful way this year. You're not bringing them to a service. You're not bringing them to a religious activity. You are bringing them to, to Jesus. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love and your mercy. I thank you for the privilege of being in your house and being with these good folks. Lord, it's been a good morning. It's been tough. Man, it was hard to wake up this morning. It was hard to get going this morning, but it's been a good morning. Lord, you have blessed us with your presence. You've blessed us with worship. God, I pray right now that you will just put right now, right now, Put someone on the mind of every person in this room. Put someone on the mind of every person in this room that they need to bring. They need to bring to Jesus. They need to let let, let you see their potential. They need to love this person. They need to share with them what they found. And right now in this moment, I pray that you'll put in their mind who they need to bring. As you're quietly with every head bowed and every eye closed, standing to your feet, I want you to come and find a place in this altar and ask God to, to move on that person he just told you. Real quietly, real quietly. Whoever God just put in your head right now, you come right now. Say, God, move on this person. God, God, convict this person. God, whoever this is, this may be a family member, it may be a brother, it may be a sister, it may be an uncle, it may be